What is going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 33 of the Big Fly Pod with your co-host CMT Lou and K-May. K-May is still on PTO. We don't know where. We don't know for how long, uh, but we're hoping that he's having an incredible time. Uh, CM and I are rolling into uh, the second recording of this podcast uh, because uh, let's just say that I didn't come well prepared for the first five minutes, and that'll be an all-time podcast moment that we may release here in the future. But uh, CM and I have some ideas here for this podcast, uh, but before we get into that, uh, CM, I think we should check in with you after what just occurred. Dude, we're doing great. We are doing fantastic here. Um, we're coming at, at the listeners with a special episode. Uh, we're going to do our own big fly mock draft here as we start to head into All-Star Weekend and the draft taking place on Sunday night, the first couple rounds. Um, and it, it's it's cool. It's a pretty loaded draft across the board. You never know what's going to happen in the MLB draft because of, you know, signability and who guys can get for cheap early and who they need to, you know, wait and try and save some money for in the later rounds. So it is exciting and our picks might be all over the place, but it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. Yep. As CM mentioned, the MLB draft will be this Sunday, July 9th, uh, along with the MLB All-Star festivities, which likely we will see a lot of the guys that are in this draft, potentially in an All-Star game here in the next coming years, CM. This is, as you mentioned, a loaded draft with guys that are truly impressive and change the landscape of either high school baseball but more, of course, along the college baseball landscape as we started to now finally get pat- started to get to the fact of uh, kids that you know were able to get an extra year due to COVID. Um, I think that started to now weed out and and it started to come back to normal. But uh, we've just seen so many top level players, uh, specifically, of course, in the men's college World Series, where alone in just the top. Uh, in in the in the in the College World Series final between Florida and LSU, uh, Jack Haglione and you know Dylan Cruz and of course Paul Skeen's names will hear uh, this Sunday. But you know even you know Caglione isn't somebody who's going to be who unfortunately can't get drafted this year. But we've seen just across the landscape of college baseball truly uh, remarkable talent, and uh, I'm really excited to talk about that here today. So what we're going to do, folks, is we're going to do as many picks as we can here in the recording session and uh, try and guess what we're going to see here this Sunday from a pick standpoint and likely hopefully be able to come back on our next episode and see who was wrong and who was right. But I'm going to let CM lead it off here with the number one overall pick uh, going to the Pittsburgh Pirates. CM, who do you have going there at number one overall here in the projected uh, MLB draft here on the Big Fly Pod? With the number one pick in this year's draft, I have the Pirates selecting Paul Skeens, a right-handed pitcher from Louisiana State University. I think he could be a guy who fast-tracks his way into the big leagues. And with the Pirates having such a good young core right now and a good farm system, I think that they're going to look to really bolster it with a guy who could enter the top 20 overall prospect list very shortly after the draft. So Pittsburgh Pirates, number one, Paul Skeens, LSU. Fantastic pick. 
And uh, our prior recording included me uh, having him as the number two overall pick as well, where I was uh, fairly passionate about him going number one and number two, which would have been a, a, a you know a first timer. Would have been uh, a first. Would have been would have been a first. You know, it would have been uh, pretty impressive. So, uh, <laughs> rolling into number two here for the Washington Nationals, of course, in full blown rebuild mode, uh, an organization that really had to take uh, some significant measures here over the last you know year or so with uh, trading Juan Soto and getting a, a loaded uh, prospect pool uh, prospects back uh, from the Padres that has really put them in an interesting position here uh, in the near future with the likes of McKenzie Gore and CJ Abrams. Uh, but I think if you want in, in the age of, you know, when you're not able, let's say if they're not able to get Paul Skeens at number one or number two, excuse me, I'm taking Dylan Cruz and Dylan Cruz had one of the most remarkable seasons in the history of college baseball. Of course, a part of the national championship team with Paul Skeens, a guy with uh, basically some of the best hit tools they've seen in quite some time. Uh, he's not necessarily a guy who's going to put the ball out of the ballpark, but he's a guy you could put in the one hole or the three hole. And he's a guy that this organization is really going to see the value in the next coming years, because this is a guy that uh, many say that can really jump into the MLB, uh, you know, MLB season here, potentially at the end of this year. I don't potentially see that happening with the Nationals being not necessarily in a playoff bound position, but I think folks that we're seeing a bat that we don't get to see often. There's quite a few in this draft, but when it comes to Dylan Cruz, this is a guy that I would, I would highly regard as one of the best uh, college hitters I've ever seen. So CM, I got Dylan Cruz at number two going to the Washington Nationals. Let's turn it over to number three here at the Detroit Tigers, an injury uh, hindered season. But a lot of upside with Spencer Torkelson, Riley Green, uh, some pitching prospects on the way. I think after all these injuries, we'll see this team come alive here in the next coming years. But I'm excited to hear who you have them taking at number three. Um, at number three to the Tigers, I'm going to go with Max Clark from Franklin High School in Franklin, Indiana. Uh, this is a kid who has been a pretty highly touted high school prospect for quite a while, um, a Vanderbilt commit, but a surefire first rounder and definitely a top 10 overall pick, I think, for a team that's kind of in that rebuild mode and looking to get a lot of talent coming up um, here in the next couple of years. Uh, I think going with a younger high school guy who can sort of you know, take a couple years to really mature and grow his game in the minors might be something that Detroit will look to do. So I have the Tigers going with Max Clark. Yeah, one of the – I'll echo what you exactly said right there. A guy who's had a lot of pressure on him basically since eighth grade freshman year, a guy that pretty much across the board uh, was an idol for, you know, the younger generation of baseball players. They got to see really uh, an exciting uh, young player that really, you know, models himself to be sort of the next generational player. And uh, I agree with that pick there because the Tigers are trying to build for the future. They're not trying to build for next year. 
And that leads me into the next pick here with the Texas Rangers at number four. And again, this is a team that has really just jumped off the board this year, has been an exciting team from pitching, of course, to uh, their lineup that's so prolific. And really, it's a team that doesn't necessarily need to have guys for the future. They can bring guys that can impact them right now. And that's why I'm taking Wyatt Langford from Florida, uh, an outfielder who, if you saw last year, didn't even start for the Gators. Uh, but because of the, uh, you know, the issues that they had sort of with their lineup and trying to have success across the board and not really having a successful season last year in 2022, 2023, this team was led by Wyatt Langford. Uh, this is a kid who um, really, <laughs> he finished the season with uh, a higher OPS than Dylan Cruz, which is saying something because obviously everybody was talking about Cruz going number one or number two, but Langford has one of the most compact swings that I've seen from a college baseball standpoint, but it's not really the way that his swing works is going to work really, really well in the MLB. And I see this guy being somebody that really can have an impact potentially by the end of this year. Again, the way his development works and all these different things, projections are thrown out the window at that point, but it's a bat you can have off the bench potentially for their playoff run this year uh, or even next year. Uh, because right now, Adolis Garcia, of course, uh, and Tavares are their top outfielders. They have Evan Carter, uh, in their farm system and well coming up. But again, this is a guy that you can put in at DH or in the outfield, and he's going to do a fantastic job for this organization. So really excited to see uh, what happens there. All right, let's turn it over to number five, the Minnesota Twins. Uh, CM, who do we have going uh, to the Twin Cities? Um, this is a little bit of an interesting pick that I have for them because this kid going this high would probably be a head scratcher to most, but because I think that they would be able to sign him for uh, way under slot, I'm going to take Dylan head an outfielder from Homewood Flossmore high school in Illinois. Uh, he's a kid who is, I mean, really, really speedy, really quick to balls in the outfield, really good arm and is a great gap-to-gap guy with his bat. Um, He's not, you know, a guy who's going to come up and hit a whole lot of home runs, but he's going to be able to drive the ball into some holes and make make some things happen on the bases when he gets on there. And I think that that's kind of the, the fit that the Twins are looking for. So because of his physical traits um, plus the ability to sign him for maybe a little bit less to steer him out of that Clemson commitment. I'm going to go with a big, a big reach at five with Dylan head. That is a big reach right now. MLB.com has Dylan head at 36 overall, but as we've seen in the last coming year or last couple of years, when it comes to these scouting departments, you know, Whatever MLB.com is thinking, those organizations are likely thinking something different because of the fact that they're trajectorying out all of these, uh, you know, different, you know, from a statistic, from a stat standpoint, along with analytics, all these different measures coming into play. Hey, if he goes, if he goes at number five, uh, this clip is getting out to the whole wild world. Uh, but CM, I love the pick. 
Uh, the kid's a stud and somebody that is going to be interesting to see. All right, number six, the Oakland A's. Now, the Oakland A's, if <sighs> this is tough. This is really, really tough because you got two guys that are still left sort of in the top six that are really uh, you know, special when it comes to uh, where the Oakland Athletics are trying to go. Um, I would say if I'm an, if I'm the Oakland athletics and I'm looking towards guys that I need to have probably fairly soon to avoid a, uh, a, a horrific next couple of years, I'm taking Rhett louder from wake forest, um, from a pitching standpoint, Mason Miller is of course a stud he's having, he's had his injury issues so far. But if they're able to go out there with Mason Miller, Rhett Lauder, J.P. Sears, uh, some of these guys that are sort of underrated uh, on the Oakland Athletics side, but Rhett Lauder, again, he put up one of the most sensational performances against LSU uh, and one of the best college seasons this year uh, in the likes of Paul Skeens. And he went toe-to-toe with him in the uh, national uh, – in the in the semifinal of um, – the national championship or the, the men's college world series. I I like this pick CM because I think if I'm the Oakland athletics, I got to build up my pitching because offensively, I think they're able to sort of pick and play there and they can develop through the international standpoint as well. But if I'm looking at the best player that I could grab at that point for the draft, I'm taking Rhett louder. So uh, CM number seven, the Cincinnati reds who, America's team right now. America's team. America's team and the Reds are in a really good spot in this draft because they're going to have three picks on day one, which puts them in a really good position to land a handful of guys. But I think the first guy that they are probably going to look to take off the board is going to be Kyle Teal, who's a catcher from the University of Virginia. Uh, Been, I mean, one of the best college catchers in the game, you know, really since he was a freshman, um, had a really, really good freshman year in a good ACC conference, came out sophomore year and put up a little bit lower numbers, but, you know, went up to the Cape and went to Team USA. And while it wasn't the greatest summer for him last summer, his junior year was unbelievable. Um, I mean, he he's a guy who can move all over the field, but I think taking – you know, a, a very athletic catcher like that who has a lot of potential with that bat and having three day one picks is a really good fit and a good going to be a good thing for the Reds. So I'm giving Cincinnati at number seven, Kyle Teal from Virginia. Fantastic pick. Virginia has been one of the most uh, prolific teams and they seem to be in the men's college world series every year. So this guy developed into one of the best pit, uh, one of the best players in college baseball this past year. Exciting, exciting pick. Uh, number eight, the Kansas City Royals, an organization that uh, you know likes of Bobby Witt Jr. and and some other players. You know, Vinny Pasquantino, some of these guys that you know they're starting to put something together. But from the pitching side of things, it's been a struggle. Uh, it has not worked out, of course, for some of these guys. We're starting to see things turn around a little bit with um, – I'm blanking on his name, CM, uh, the pitcher from Florida uh, who pitches for him, number one – basically their number one starter. Um, 
Waldrip? Not Waldrip. Uh, no, no, not not uh, Kansas City Royals uh, starting pitcher right now. Oh, uh, Brady Singer. Thank you, Brady Singer. Well, if I'm going to stay in the SEC, because I think that they just need to continually load up on the pitching side, I'm going with Chase Dolander. And the reason why is, is that Chase Dolander, I think, had one of those seasons this year that put him in a position where it probably humbled him a little bit because he turned uh, from basically being a top five, top three overall pick, uh, actually being viewed higher than Paul Skeens prior to the season. Really what really what happened this year was that he can't, you know, he was down a little bit in certain areas. But look, the kid is so young. The kid just pitched his second year of college baseball. Um, I think that with that humbling experience, I think it's this is a guy that's going to put the work in and want to be successful. Um, the velocity is there. Uh, and it's it's incredible. It's mid-90s fastball. I think it can even get better than that. Uh, I, his slider is excellent as well. And I think if he gets put into an organization that really values pitching, which hopefully the Kansas City Royals can change that around a little bit, I think this is the right pick because you start to just build up that pitching. Uh, once again, uh, you got Ben Kujra uh, in this system as well, along with Frank uh, Mazzucato, where you you're, you're have guys in the system that are there that can really put yourself in a position for the future. But, I mean, if we've seen with the AL Central, it's not necessarily a division that's too tough. So if you put some arms out there and really develop your pitching, I think Chase Dolander is a great pick there at number eight. It's kind of funny how this all works out because CM, you get your hometown team, the Colorado Rockies at number nine. I do. I have my Rockies, and I don't really know what they're going to do here. Um, This is the second year with this front office, so it'll be interesting to see where they choose to go because it's been so all over the board last year. The GM now was the old scouting director, so it'll be – I'll be curious um, to see how – things shape out but um you know we've got a couple of good picks but with our first pick i'm going to go with um bryce eldridge from madison high school in uh virginia he's committed to alabama right now he's a two-way guy um a first baseman and a right-handed pitcher but i mean six seven throws you know mid Low to mid-90s, pretty consistently, has a really good two-pitch set, fastball slider. I think it'll be, you know, I think it'll be interesting if um, he sticks as a pitcher. But with, you know, what the Rockies have right now in their system, we've got a couple of first basemen that are pretty highly touted, but are guys that could move to the outfield. And with the outfield being a little bit older, you know, I think that there's an opportunity for that to occur and another prospect to slide in at first base. And obviously we always need pitching. So if you can get two with one pick, I think that would be pretty solid, especially if you can save some money doing it by signing him for under slot. So I'm going to go at number nine, the Rockies with Bryce Eldridge. Great pick. All right. Rounding out the top 10. Uh, at number 10, the Miami Marlins, a team that's really come out of nowhere this year uh, and a team notorious uh, over the last couple of years for drafting uh, college ba- college players over high school players. And I think it's going to start to pay off here in the next coming years with Max Meyer and Jacob Berry on the way. 
former big time college prospects. And so I'm going to stay in the same realm because I think they need to find their future shortstop. And I'm going to go with Matt Shaw, the shortstop out of Maryland. Uh, Maryland was a really under the radar uh, college baseball team this year out of the Big Ten. This guy's an absolute stud. Uh, he hit 341 uh, across, you know, across the, obviously with Big Ten baseball is, is, uh, very underrated and it's it's really high level baseball. There's unfortunately with the weather and everything, it makes it a little bit more difficult. He steals bags 18 out of 19 this year. Uh, and he plays, uh, you know, pretty solid defense. Uh, hopefully, you know, the only things that might be of issue is his arm and everything like that. Uh, but you know, if they're trying to find their shortstop for the future, uh, this is the kid that is going to be very, very solid. So I'm going Matt Shaw at number 10 or at number 10, the Miami Marlins. Uh, there's another guy out there that I thought might've gone to him uh, to the Marlins, but I think it's going to be a safe pick with this kid, of course, with the Marlins being uh, really highly touted, highly touted on the offensive side. Okay. We're going to steamroll through uh, the rest of the picks here. We're going to see how many we could do here in the remaining 10 minutes of our episode. So let's go ahead. CM LA angels. Number 11. Who do you have? Um, at number 11, I'm going to go with Jacob Wilson from Grand Canyon. Fantastic pick. All right. For the D-backs, I think the D-backs have, are trying to find some draft capital, capital here in the future. I'm going to go with Walker Jenkins, who's projected number four right now, uh, who we kind of left out of the top 10. But this is a kid that I think is going to be a stud here in the future, and he's got a lot of tools. I'm going with him at number 11. Uh, or number, uh, yep, number 12, excuse me, to the Arizona Dimebacks. All right, my team, your choice. Number 13, you know Chicago what? Cubs. I'm actually, I'm going to trade you the Cubs for the Red Sox, and I will let you do the Cubs, and I will go 14-15 and get us back on, so that way you can have your squad. Well, I appreciate that. I would love, 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 love to see them gra- uh, draft Hurston Waldrip, the right-hand pitcher out of Florida. This kid is wasn't talked about a lot. I really like to see that pick. Dude's got upper 90s fastball, uh, wipeout slider. This guy's legit. All right, number 14, Boston Red Sox. Yeah, with the Red Sox, I'm going to go with um, Enrique Bradfield out of Vanderbilt. And then flipping it over to my next pick with the White Sox. Um, Oh, I got two socks in a row. Look at that. Um, With... The, what is this, 15th pick? I've got the White Sox going with Tommy Troy from Stanford. Excellent pick. He was actually going to be my pick for the next one. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, for number 16 to the San Francisco Giants, I'm going to go with Noble Meyer. I think they need to load up their pitching more and more. He's a right-handed pitcher out of Jesuit High School in Oregon. Uh, On to number 17, the Baltimore Orioles. The Baltimore Orioles with the 17th pick in the draft um, are going to select Yohandi Morales, third baseman from Miami University in Miami, Florida. Excellent pick. All right. Number 18 to the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, Just saw this the other day with some of the errors that they had from uh, Brian Anderson over at third base. Uh, needing to really get that position covered. I'm going to go with Brock Wilkin, third baseman out of Wake Forest. 
uh, had an excellent season this past year and a guy that a lot of people should keep an eye on to see if he might even go higher in this year's draft. Number 19, the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, at 19, the Tampa Bay Rays are going to select um, – oh, where did he go? Are going to take Ty Pete, the shortstop, out of Trinity Christian High School in Georgia. Excellent. At number 20 for the Toronto Blue Jays, I'm going to go with, and I don't think we picked him so far. See, so Braden Taylor out of TCU, the third baseman. He has not been picked yet. I'm going to go with Braden Taylor out of TCU, a guy, again, another underrated prospect that a lot of people don't know about. Solid tools across the board. Very excited to see what he does here. Uh, number 21 to the St. Louis Cardinals. The Cardinals, what a tough team to try and make a pick for. But I think that the Cardinals are going to go with Thomas White, a left-handed pitcher out of Phillips Academy in Massachusetts. We'll see if that fixes any of their problems. Uh, Number 22, the Seattle Mariners. This is a tough one, man, because they they were able to get some uh they were they were they traded away quite a few of their prospects i think here i i would love to see this i would love to see chase davis the smooth swinging lefty out of arizona i'd love to see him go to the uh Seattle mariners at 22 number 23 the cleveland guardians cm um, at number 23, the Guardians are going to stay in the pitching realm in their draft. And I have them selecting Alonzo Treadwell out of UCLA. Great pick. The number 24th pick to the Atlanta Braves, an organization that, I don't know, Decides that we're going to trade, you know, we're not going to sign back Dansby Swanson. We're going to have Orlando Arcia as our all star shortstop. But I think they're going to need to make sure they have their backup plan here for the future. I'm going with Walker Martin out of Colorado, Eaton High School. Uh, over 500 batting average this year. Absolute stud. Uh, right now, he's projected up 37th, 37th overall. But I like this guy's tools. I like the way he plays. And with the fact that the Braves don't necessarily need him today. I think they're looking towards the future. I think it's going to be a great pick. The San Diego Padres, number 25. Shocking even they have a pick right now. So Dang it. You, um, you just swiped my pick, but that's okay because as a backup plan to Walker Martin, I think the Padres are going to stay right at home and take Cole Carrig out of uh, San Diego State. Good pick, good pick. We're starting to get to the whims here. Let's see, let's see who else is on this big board here. Let's see the New York Yankees. All right, let's see here. With the Yankees, you got Anthony Volpe for the future. Third base is looking like a little bit of a struggle right now. CM, remind me, did we take? Did you take Jake Geloff yet? Nope. I'm gonna go with Jake Geloff. I think this is. Uh, I, I mean, hell, he's he's out of Virginia, so he's going to be a solid player. I'm going with him at number 26, the New York Yankees. Number 27, the Fighting Phils, the Philadelphia Phillies. Who do you got? That, uh, that that was a good pick, actually. I almost had him going to Baltimore, Giloff, 
He's um, a stud. But with the the Phillies pick, um, I have them going with uh, Charlie Soto out of Reborn Christian High School in Florida. Fantastic. All right. Going down here to it looks like we're going to be rolling into our last pick here with the Houston Astros. The Houston Astros. Who are you going to pick? Let's see here. If I'm thinking about the Astros, pitching wise, they're fairly they're fairly loaded. But I think a guy that really jumped off the board this year was Ty Floyd out of LSU. I think this is a kid that could, I think LSU is going to have their third pick of the first round. I'm going to go Ty Floyd, right-handed pitcher at LSU. See ya. I think that rounds out the first round, or do the Seattle Mariners round out our last pick? That rounds out the first round, so I'll rip through it here real quick. On the big fly mock draft, we've got the Pirates, Paul Skeens, the Nationals, Dylan Cruz, Tigers, Max Clark, Rangers, Wyatt Langford, Twins, Dylan Head, A's, Rhett Louder, Reds, Kyle Teal, Royals, Chase Dolander, Rockies, Bryce Eldridge, Marlins, Matt Shaw, Angels, Jacob Wilson, D-backs, Walker Jenkins, Cubs, Hurston Waldrop, Red Sox, Enrique Bradfield Jr., White Sox, Tommy Troy, Giants, Noble Meyer, O's, Yohandi Morales, Brewers, Brock Wilkin, Rays, Ty Pete, Jays, Braden Taylor, Cardinals, Thomas White, Mariners, Chase Davis, Indians, Guardians, Alonzo Treadwell, Braves, Walker Martin, Padres, Cole Kerrig, Yankees, Jake Geloff, Phillies, Charlie Soto, and Astros, Ty Floyd. And folks, that rounds out our first annual project uh, MLB uh, projected draft. Uh, CM and I were really excited to do this one, and we hope you enjoyed it as well. Uh, we'll see if we're almost right here on Sunday. But to all to all our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you here soon.